Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Jason Lippert here with me from uh, Indiana. Welcome to my podcast, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me, Vesna. It's really great that our paths have uh, crossed, and it's actually thanks to our friends Bob Chapman and uh, Karen Volo. That's right. So just as a short intro, uh, Jason Lippert is the president and CEO of LCI Industries, listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And Lippert is a global manufacturer of components and engineered solutions for recreational vehicles, marine and transportation industries, with over 90 divisions and 14,000 team uh, members. So Jason, I, I read on your website that you have one guiding principle or question that guides every single decision. Uh, and that is, is this bettering the lives and experiences of people inside and outside our company? So which then, I, if I understand it right, it, it guides the way you innovate, the way you build relationships and, and choose different initiatives and everything. We've been on a journey the last 27 years I've been with the business. And I tell you that Around 2013, we, we kind of pivoted and decided that we could run the business the way we were, which was, you know, we were having, by all outside means, we were having great success. Our numbers looked great. Our stock price was increasing and numbers were always growing 15 to 20% year over year, top line and bottom line. But at the end of the day, we were turning a lot of people over and we just stopped and asked ourselves the question, why? And it turned out that people were leaving, you know, as, as much of the the common knowledge out there, people are leaving because of leadership. And we're a manufacturing company. So, you know, I was paying close attention to the, the 100 or 200 at the top level of the business. But today we've got 12,000 people at the front lines of our business assembling products. So just really, I would say, forgot about what leadership should look like at the front lines of our business. And we just went on a culture journey to start uh, leading better at the front lines of our business where the majority of our people were and ultimately, you know, allowed us to have massive, massive impact because of the amount of people at the front lines of our business. I believe that every business is like a system, but it's also a unique instrument for, you know, good change. So, and, and you, you as a company, you're already doing, I know, impressive work. Also, you know, touching on the areas like personal growth for the people you have on board, social initiatives that you're doing and so on. But what would you love to, you know, advance further or take on as a next step to be an even stronger example for other companies to follow? How do we spread and share this great example even further? Yeah, so I, I think we've developed the roadmap there and it's been exciting, some of the early work we've done. I and mean, we started our culture journey change in 2013. So we're a little over eight years in. And uh, it's becoming very apparent with all the impact we're already having that a lot of other businesses just in, in the communities around us so where we operate, they're reaching out to us and saying, hey, look, we're losing, we're losing our people to you guys. Uh, or our people are coming back inside the business and saying, hey, look, we want to know what LCI is doing. We want more of what they're doing because we hear their team members raving about culture and we just don't feel like we're doing anything. So we've had a lot of people reach out over the last, I'd say, four years, so much so that like, like Bob Chapman did, we, we developed a leadership academy that's just designed 
uh, with resources to help show companies that really haven't started their culture journey, at least our eight-year playbook. So we can, you know, give them a playbook and help them decide, well, wherever they're at, you know, maybe they haven't even started yet, or maybe they've started and stopped. We're there to help companies, you know, find their way, offer a playbook, offer approaches, uh, kind of stimulate the creativity so they can get their their culture moving. But with social media, I mean, people have reached out from all over just saying, hey, look, we see what you guys are doing. Uh, we don't have that in our company. How do we get started? So we've had a lot of conversations that way, just people that reach out. And I'm, I'll am i pick up the phone anytime somebody wants to have a conversation, because to me, if we can get a business moving along a culture journey that's impacting people in a positive way, and ultimately the workers, and they'll take you know, what they learn home to their families, um, it can have massive impact. So I never turn down a phone call. Um, so whether it's culture or, you know, from a social responsibility standpoint, we have a, uh, an in-house kind of philanthropy team and we commit 120,000 hours of community service through our team members every year. So we've structured that over the years to make it easy for our, our plant teams to serve and to get in a rhythm there. And so a lot of people have, have called us and asked about that as well. So that's all part of our culture playbook. If people want to know how to really attack the social responsibility aspect from a business standpoint, we're there to help. If they want help on the culture journey, we can we can help there too. But that's been just an example of how we've been able to impact people past our four walls, past our 14,000 people. And, um, and, and we're just getting started. So I see more of that in the future that'll just ripple further. And, you know, my hope is that some of the companies that we're helping, like Bob helped us, they can start helping other people and then the ripple just continues. So, <laughs> and, and in terms of the direct impact of, let's call it the culture now, as a, the culture factor, what kind of numbers, if you want to impress, you know, investors and so on, do you give that where you connect the, like the real results with that kind of culture factor? Uh, it's hard to put a number on you know, in terms of the improvements that the changes we've made have, have impacted in terms of the numbers. But what I would say to anybody asking is, hey, look, we operated for the first, I don't know, 17 years or 18 years I was with the business. Um, we operated like every other business. Numbers, numbers, numbers came first and people and everything else came second. As we did that, we got the same. I mean, we would get improvement in numbers, but as the company got bigger, it got much more difficult to operate. Uh, even with the best people, because we were turning over, you know, in manufacturing 120% of our people. And that might be okay at 800 uh, team members, but once you get to 10,000, it becomes much more complex. And the people are coming in and out of the business all the time because of turnover, it just gets extremely complex to run. And I would argue that you can only get so big before, you know, that progress in the numbers just kind of falls off or stops. Um, so with, all the work we've done on culture in our journey there, the turnover continues to come down. And what I'd argue even today, as busy as we are and as big as we are, um, you know, we're, the business feels easier to run uh, because our turnover is, you know, 28%, not 120. So I would argue that we just couldn't, ha we couldn't operate at the size we are today, trying to operate a business the way we were at 120% turnover year after year after year. Uh, some years it was a little bit worse, some years it was a little bit better, but that's how I'd answer that. 
you have around, uh, I think, $3 billion in annual sales. And behind that lies, of course, innovation, technology, diversification, and but a lot of acquisitions as well you've done over the years. Is the acquisitions and, and integrating companies become also extremely much more how to, uh, easier, so to say, because of this culture of yours. Uh, I remember Bob Jaffa was saying that, you know, he said, uh, the beauty of this is that people are like almost waiting and hoping for us to buy them because, because life will get better and the results will get better too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, companies that are hurting their workers through bad culture. You know, they're just impacting them negatively. So the companies that know of us, especially in the communities that we already operate, I, I would say they feel the same way. They would love for us to acquire them. But a lot of companies we buy don't know us too well. What they do here, they typically, you know, people are always suspect. They've always had management or leadership say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to live to the values, put the values on the wall. Uh, we're going to have great culture. They talk the talk and then just very few companies walk the walk, obviously. So I think even the companies that hear about us, some of them are very skeptical because they just think it's too good to be true. How can you do this kind of stuff in business? Uh, it's just all for show. So uh, we really have to get them on the inside to, to live in the business, in our business for a few weeks, and then they see it's real and it generally works out real well. But every culture is different and our values don't change. We don't like adopt other companies' values when we acquire businesses. So we put our values out there. And I think the other thing that we do that a lot of other companies don't is during an acquisition integration is, uh, you know, we've got leadership coaches all over the business. So people ask all the time, well, or I ask people all the time, well, you've got a culture, you've got values. So what kind of resources are you putting behind it? And usually it's just a blank stare. It's, well, my HR and general managers and VPs, they, they handle all that, but culture is too complex and, and there's too much there to keep a culture alive to not have dedicated resources. So we've got 25 people in our business that do nothing but coach. I know very few companies that even have one, uh, most have none, but we've got 25. And as soon as we acquire a business, we, we send our, a, a leadership coach in and to help facilitate that cultural integration so that, so that it stays in the airspace consistently uh, as they integrate into our companies. That's wonderful. But what would you say is like the essence of your culture? I'd say it's our values. So we've got five core values. We've got five leadership values. Um, if, you're, if you're a team member in our business, the, the, the core values are imperative. You cannot survive here. You cannot stay here if you don't get on board. And we'll be patient and we'll coach, but that's what makes culture work. And then our leaders, we've got five additional values. So if you want to lead in this company, You've got to live up to those five leadership values. You've got to be working there. And so I'd say the other essence is, you know, self-improvement. So uh, we know everybody is, a lot of people that come here come from places where they might have been hurt or the culture was broken or non-existent or it was a bad culture, bad leadership models. Uh, so we're patient with people because we know they're coming in here and they're not just going to pick it up right away and, and start cranking. So as long as they're willing to take steps and figure out what those steps are and then take steps, and not just stand still and say, I'm not going to change. It generally works out. So I'd say it's our values. It's being willing to improve. All of our leaders in this company are required to have leadership action plans. So we help them in the planning process. And we just want everybody to have a plan, you know, and it's got to be written. So if they have a written plan for how to get their leadership better uh, for 2021, uh, if all of our leaders are doing that, that'd be pretty amazing, right? Um, 
you could probably argue that the company will make improvement just if the leaders are trying to improve themselves. So those are a few things I'd say are super imperative. Yeah. And for people who might be curious about those five values and five leadership values, is is it written uh, somewhere or? On our website, sure. Yeah. I would encourage any company, if they don't have them, to just go through the process. And for us, it was, we got 20 people in a room that make a lot of high-level decisions in the company. And we said, hey, look, who do we want to be? Who do, how do we want people to talk about us you know, in the future uh, with respect to our culture and values. And mm. so we had 30 things up on the board and we all voted five times. You know, we did the same thing with leadership, our leadership values. And we said, hey, look, the leaders that are leading today, this was back six, seven years ago. Uh, they got promoted because they were the fastest welder or the quickest assembler, or they just showed up every day, or maybe they just had a positive attitude and that's really all they had, or they were the only person there to promote. So we needed somebody and we promoted them, but none of those things make a leader a leader. So we, we went back there and we said, hey, look, our, our, our leaders, no matter how they got where they're at, they've got to have these leadership values. And so when we did the leadership values, we put 60 of our general managers in a room and said, hey, guys, our leaders are now going to have be required to have specific qualities that are going to help us to lead better and lead the culture transformation. And we had like 50 things and we let all 60 people vote five times. And those are the so it's a really good process for a company to go through if they don't have them. Uh, and then you bring everybody in on the on the process and then everybody's bought in because everybody had a say. Fantastic work, Jason, really. So you got a little bit of, of course, inspiration most from Bob Chapman. But what made you, what was it, eight years ago or something, do this? Because it's not, you know, that, it's some kind of deeper insight within, within you yeah. or? Yeah, so, I mean, Bob was the the pivoting point, but it was 17 years of just running hard. We'd run over people to get things done. We just ran hard and, and all that mattered was winning. And it just didn't, it just, I got to a point where one success after the next, whether it was acquisition size of the company, profit, stock price, uh, amount of team members we had and we were responsible for, it seemed a little bit empty. What's next? There's got to be more than, than just that same sense of accomplishment year after year. And it, it came in the answer of, hey, look, you got at the time, 6,000 people, 6,000 lives. That was what I kept hearing back. What, what are you doing with that? And then after a lot of prayer and thought and just going through a couple of years of wrestling with that, I got Bob Chapman's Truly Human Leadership flung at me somehow. I don't know how I got it, but when I watched that 20-minute video of his, um, it was over. The light bulb came on and mm -hmm. we started turning in a different direction. Fantastic. But you, you were convinced deep down, but then how did you convince that this new, new route would happen, you know, with your investors, board, etc.? Because I've had uh, 17, I'd had 17 or so years with the, with the company um, and the leaderships trusted me over the years. It, it, was, it was fairly easy just to say, hey, look, guys, this is what we're going to do. I'm convinced that this is the, the right way to go. And there was a lot of conversations. It wasn't just like, hey, we're going to do this. But I think everybody bought into the fact that, and, and we started listening to some of our team members. So we had some listening sessions. Bob told us to do that early on. Uh, we did some surveys, which we weren't doing. That gave us a lot of great feedback. And once we started listening to our team members, so it became pretty apparent to everybody what, what was next. But we grew up in management to, hey, we got you know, to have all the answers. We got to lay out the, the roadmap. 
Uh, so all we do is just sit here and talk, talk, talk all the time. The minute we start listening to our, our teams and asking good questions, um, we had to build a little bit of trust there because for years they, they just were used to us throwing out the objectives and then running hard at it. And that was it. Fantastic. So, but you are the uh, third generation Lippert uh, leading uh, your, your company group now since 2003, I think I read somewhere. How, how important do you think that is for the people in your company and for yourself also that you have that kind of beautiful heritage, so to say, with you? I don't know. I, I, I wrestle with that. I, you know, when the company was uh, sold in 97, I was, I was only you know, two and a half years with the company. So, you know, I, I was grateful that, that the, the board and the, the top level leadership of the company that bought us saw enough in our team to let us continue to grow the business and, and do what we did. But I don't know. I think what matters is that the, the top level leaders have the values enough and the courage enough to be able to put that as a foundation and lead the company with, with that as a foundation. Because I don't think it matters what your last name is. It matters that the values are real. It matters that the values can last. It matters that the values, if people are held accountable to the values, because that's where it all breaks apart is if the top level leadership doesn't guard the values of the company and make sure that they're consistent and that they, they really live in the business, then nothing works. I mean, culture doesn't work. Um, and I've watched other companies where people at the mid-level of the business, they really believe in values. They really work hard and they're undermined by people at the top that don't believe in the values and the whole thing falls apart and they can do so much more when everybody's living out the values, especially the top level leaders so that it, people have more confidence that, man, if the, if the CEO or the top level leadership really believes in the values, then man, maybe this can work. Jason, going back to you, what is your passion? You know, that, that thing that um, you're also willing to suffer for a lot if, if needed. Well, I tell you that these days I live for all the impact that we're having uh, in our business because of how the culture journey is playing out. So it's, it's just really fun to see the impact, whether it's impact in our leaders' lives that we're having, that I know we're having, that I see we're having, impact that they're having ultimately on the, the thousands that we have on the front lines of our business, uh, the impact when we go in and, and buy a company uh, and, and change the culture and show them what's possible. Um, because we've got this eight-year roadmap where we've seen a lot of successes and done a lot of things and we can show them what's on the other side. Uh, the impact that we're doing through our, our, our social responsibility strategies that I talked about and our impact through our Leadership Academy where we're actually showing other companies a healthy, positive cultural roadmap that can transform other businesses and just start a ripple in other places like Bob did with us. So that's what gets me excited. I mean, I love the success in business still. I mean, it's, it's fun to grow. It's, we do a lot of innovation here. Um, we create a lot of new products for new markets and uh, our core markets. And it's just the business part of it's a lot of fun, but it, the impacting people and watching the transformation, especially of our leaders that are impacting so many, that's what gets me jazzed up every day and gets me fired up every morning. So And what would you say are the transformational points in your life so far? Just waking up to what great leadership really looks like and how to practice it and have the impact in the business. The thing we've learned is it's really hard to teach leadership. We're trying to reprogram hundreds and hundreds of people that have learned the wrong way and they have low expectations. And you know, a lot of them are just struggling 
in life, let alone to come to the business and try to make something great happen. So business is super challenging and teaching culture and leadership and making it work really, really well is challenging. But I think we've got great teams that love to innovate. I mean, we do, we'll try anything in the, in the culture and leadership end of things to try to pull people in and get that light bulb to go on so that they understand why we're doing this. Uh, because a lot of them just don't understand in the beginning. Like, why would we do, why would we do half of these things? Uh, but once the light bulb comes on, they never go back. They, they change and they impact their families differently forever. They impact everybody they touch at work differently. And it's just a really, really great thing. So I think learning about leadership and continuing to push the envelope with innovation and all the things that we're doing there to help wake people up is transformative. Yeah. And I think definitely that all of us, especially a little bit with age and, you know, life experience and wisdom, it comes naturally, I guess, uh, the fact that we understand that, okay, we've achieved so much, but there's something missing. And what if there is something missing is always under the umbrella of meaning, right? Yeah, that's right. What gives it meaning? Whatever we do, where is the meaning with it, right? And if you can combine, it's so beautiful when you combine uh, the eight, 10, whatever hours people spend uh, at work every day or more, it can become their life work. Right, yeah. That's really a gift from them, or I mean, from the company to them and vice versa, right? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, meaning and purpose is, they're, they're the two things we're trying to connect with our team members on is, hey, look, you can have meaning and purpose at work. And when they find that, uh, they they just blossom, you know, inside the four walls here. And then they blossom, you know, once they leave this place, because what they learn inside here and that light bulb that comes on and that awakening that happens, they take that with them wherever they go. It doesn't just stay in our business. Whether it's helping them understand what leadership means and they lead and they see the impact that they can have on people or whether they're getting involved in, other things inside the business that wake them up. I mean, maybe they get attached to the philanthropy side of things or they get attached to the health and wellness initiatives we've got going on uh, to help people. But it all stems around serving people, whether they're leading people well or serving people through health and wellness or our philanthropy programs and societal impact. Uh, once they get connected to serving people, and that's, that's the key, is, uh, you know, they just, they wake up and they're they're having massive, massive impact. And that's what and they, then that purpose and meaning light goes off and we can kind of check that box and then just keep them, keep them going after that um, and find the next person that doesn't have the purpose and meaning. But if you would assume all doors are open to you and you have all kinds of resources available, is there anything that you would rush to innovate or change? I see a lot of businesses that are just, you know, they're doing the wrong. Now that we're doing the right thing and we're on the right track and we've been on the it's not like we've been on the track for two years. We've been on the track for eight years and we're, we still have a long way to go. We're not perfect. We've got lots of improvements we can still make. Um, I mean, I want all 14,000 of our team members to have leadership action plans because if even if the people that aren't leading lead themselves better, they're better for their teams, they're better for their families, and that's impact. Um, but I see so many companies out there that just they're focused like we were um, 10 years ago. They're just focused on the numbers and you know, whatever it takes to get the numbers is what happens. And that just ends up hurting people. And uh, I see see the stories from looking out to other businesses. And I hear the stories when people leave companies and come here and tell us how horrible it is out there. And it just, uh, it makes me a little sad. You know, I wish we could get the word out there quicker, just wake some of the business leaders up and say, there's a better way to get at the results that you want. And maybe even, you know, probably even better results. How much of your time can you actually, 
you know, invest in, in, in this kind of outgoing raise awareness uh, among others that has nothing to do directly with LCI. Yeah, well, so for right, I mean, I, I can't speak down the road, but right now I'm spending as much time as required uh, for people that want to, that genuinely want to hear the good news. I mean, I've got people that travel here from all over the country to just hear and understand the story because they can see something's going on. They just want to know how to get to it. So I'll spend whatever time it takes. I spend a few hours a week at each one of our facilities. I just run around and spend time with our you know, 30 to 60 leaders on our front lines of our business, uh, just helping them get the message. It's just one more angle they get outside of their, their daily leaders and guidance there. So, you know, part of what I feel has impact is just spending more time with our team members all over the business on the front line so that they can help tell the story from a different angle and maybe hear something that makes the light bulb glow a little bit brighter. And then they can take that to their teams. And the more impact they have with their team members, the the more impact we're going to have. Because truly, some of the stories that are, people are hearing in our communities, uh, they're hearing from our people. So the more we get the story out, whether it's inside or outside or podcast or whatever, I, I think it's time well spent. So true. If you could give one piece of advice to leaders, what would that be? Have a plan. Have a written plan. And it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be three pages long. I don't have my cards sitting over there on my other desk, but we have three by five cards that we call a leadership action plan. And I strongly believe that if every leader has a plan and works that plan to get a little bit better, again, we're a manufacturing company. So, I mean, we've got people leading that are making 18 to $22 an hour on the front lines, welding and assembling windows and chassis and uh, slide outs and suspension systems and all sorts of things. And we want them to have a plan because if they have a plan, they're going to lead themselves better. They're going to lead the, their team better. Um, they're going to lead the business better. And I just don't hear about that. I know executives that don't have plans. I talk to people all the time. And I just uh, I think that that is the secret to the whole business getting better. If that can just be a, a regular practice of, of leaders, no matter what level you are. And I, I think in a manufacturing business, it's most important that the leaders at the front lines of the business have the plans. And so that, that would be my one piece of advice is, you know, get all the people in your business to have a leadership action plan. And like I said, it can be simple, uh, just something to shoot for and strive for to make sure that at the end of the year, you've made some progress and that it's not just in your head. It's something that's actually written down that you can check the boxes and say, yeah, I, I, I've made some progress here. I may, may not have gotten where I want, wanted but i i made progress do, do you also have share that kind of um resource uh, on your website i think it might be there but i'd be happy to share it with anybody that you know anybody that wants it i, I might need one too right <laughs> <laughs> i doubt it if, if you were to give advice to yourself let's say 10 15 years ago what would that be i mean i would have told myself all the things that i'm learning today and I think that's what makes business so hard is that none of this stuff is obvious. Um, if it was obvious, everybody would be doing it. I think it's just the way we all strive for performance and, you know, shareholder value, not stakeholder value. That's kind of how we got where we're at. Um, we didn't think of all the parties involved. We only thought of, uh, only thought of one. Um, but I would go back and just say, Hey, look, you know, if you want, you know, your life to be easier. You want to have more impact. You want to have better results. You want to have all the things that you want to, you want to have in the business world. 
you know, make a solid culture and leadership model the foundation of the business, not whatever the the, the product roadmaps are and the financial roadmaps are and all the things that business leaders generally start with. It's the, the culture and leadership. So I would have told myself all the stuff that I'm learning today and continuing to learn. So I'm just glad I, fi- I figured it out or, or at least started to figure out, you know, midway through my career and, and not at the end. That would have been a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess um, everything points to the fact that we are educating our whatever we call managers or leaders actually in a, in a very weird way <laughs> uh, instead of uh, you know, starting with this part first. And then of course you have to understand how to do the numbers and so on, but uh, ne- definitely not manage people as a resource. Yeah. And the great thing about how business could be is that as human beings were extremely innovative and creative, but all that typically gets shut down in business. So there's so many amazing things we can do inside the business uh, to impact people and impact results. And we just, we tend to stay in this little box of what companies have, have traditionally done. And um, one of the coolest things we do is a dream achiever program. And we've put maybe 2000 people through that program and sit down with our frontline team members. I'd say in the range of 14, $15 to $20 an hour, the, the, the team members that are making products on the front lines of our business. And we put them through, a dream achiever program where they have to opt in, but we sit down with a personal development coach and we start pulling their, pulling some of their dreams out. Some of these people haven't thought about their dreams since they were a teenager. And we have 50 and 60 year olds crying because they have somebody that actually cares about them enough to, to ask them what their dreams are. And then we write them down on paper and we figure out an action plan to get there. And if we can help with the resources, we do. Uh, but, you know, we make sure they've got skin in the game too, so that it's not just handed to them, but it's just a it's just an amazing process to watch a human being light up because they they realize that they still got dreams and things that they want to accomplish in their life uh, outside of, of work and family. And and uh, we're helping them do that. So, that, you know, business can do all sorts of creative things like that to impact people. And we just we're not tapping our creativity muscles like we could. And that's my hope for businesses that, you know, whether they're listening to this podcast or whether they're just starting to discover culture is just to start. The cool part of this is we can get a lot more creative and innovative and work can be so much more fun if we just um, realize that it's all about developing better leadership and cultures and people than some of the other stuff that we were taught. What do you think is the most important thing right now for companies to focus on? You've got to have dedicated resources or culture and leadership and all the things that create that solid foundation so that you can be here 10 or 20 or 100 years from now um, so that that can last. If you don't build that, um, it's just like it's the equivalent of treading water and walking around in circles, hoping that you get to a great distance. It's just not going to happen. I just think that's what businesses are missing. And it it feels like there's an awakening and a cultural, a business culture revolution happening. It's starting to bubble um, it's not boiling yet, but there's definitely a lot of companies that are waking up. And I just hope that people start to take note and realize that this isn't something they can turn away from or, or ignore. No, definitely. Isn't it weird that we call it HR when you think about it? Human resources? Yeah, it's a really weird name. <laughs> so, Well, we don't use the word employee either. You know, Bob taught me that a long time. He goes, why do you use, you know, <laughs> we say employee sounds so sterile and it's not inspiring. So you know, again, just the words we use, you know, uh, we can be more creative and innovative around business and it makes a difference. So my, my, Jason, my last question to you is this one. What do you think the world needs most at this time? 
business can be a force for good. You know, we say it all the time. We, I tell other businesses that. I tell our people that. Uh, it's just a kind of a, uh, a line we came up with because as we develop better leaders and they wake up to the fact that maybe yelling and screaming at, at their team members when they don't get what they want uh, or they don't get the results that they need isn't the right way to go and that there's a better leadership way and it has to do with, with values. When they start leading really well, we impact people in a positive way. I mean, we've got a health crisis in, the, in this country. We've got a leadership crisis in this country. And that's all bad for business. But what most people don't realize is that once people get treated bad in the business and they're stressed out, anxiety-ridden, uh, they're led poorly, the culture's poor, horrible things happen in the business in some cases. In the best case, most business, you know, most people, most workers, they just feel eh about work. They just feel like work's okay. Well, that's no way to live your life for 40 or 50 hours a week. So the, uh, the opposite of that is if we can inspire people um, daily during that 40, 50 hours a week, they can go out when they leave these four walls and inspire their family and the community and they can serve and they can do all the things that they're taught to do here where they spend most of their waking life. And that can have real impact in the world. Um, so business can be a force for good if, we, if we're inspiring our people and, and leading them well here and they go out and they lead their families well. And you know, I've got my core values and leadership values card right here. I'm, gonna, I'm teaching my kids this stuff. They're doing leadership action plans. I've heard other uh, team members around the company. I had a woman tell me at a frontline meeting in South Carolina the other day that uh, she got a call from the principal. The principal said her 13-year-old was taking these cards to work and giving them to friends and telling them what the what he's learned about leadership values and Lippert's core values. And I think that's how the world's going to change. We can change it through business. Um, you think how many people are impacted by business at work. You know, if we do culture and leadership right, we can really make the world a better place. And the world's not in a good place right now. We need this revolution and we need companies to wake up and start impacting people in a positive way through leadership and just day-to-day -day business. It's the perfect place to, in a good sense, influence people. They're already here for eight, 10 hours a day. I mean, so you're, you're still right. Church, church has us for an hour and that's transformational but we've got people for 40, 50 hours a week and most businesses do nothing to intentionally try to impact their people uh, in a positive way. It's just, it's just work. That won't be the way of the future and we're going to try to help change that. Now, really, I'm, uh, thank you for, for uh, you know, on behalf of everyone, so to say, to, for, for, for driving this and for doing this. I mean, it's amazing work and um and the best currency is, is this meaning. But at the same time, the beauty of these things is all these companies that I've seen and experienced, they're all also delivering better on all KPIs that you financially look at as well. Absolutely. So it comes, it comes as a result of that. Not It does. It does. It's a beautiful dance. <laughs> it is. It is. Thanks for, thanks for having me. And I appreciate your, your thoughts and kindness here. So, Thank you, Jason. So just curious, how was it to be on the podcast? Oh, it's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, you know, I just hope that people listen and just people start waking up. That's all I care about these days. I just care that people start waking up and having impact. And if hundreds and eventually thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have impact inside the business, the world can get out of this funk and rut we're in um, that's just 
horrible to stand by and watch. Thank you, Jason. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, and uh, to find out more, you'll find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with people you know would benefit from hearing Jason. And please rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao, Jason. Ciao, Vasna. Thank you.